This week, we will get into the recognition, the question of recognition. And um, next week, we will be getting into run with purpose. So the question of recognition is a question of purpose. It's a question of purpose. For most part, we were, were, were troubled, were anxious to know who we are and why we are here. What is the reason why God created you? It's not a question that is just, um, that has something to do with just young adults, but even older people, like adults, they do struggle with this question. It's one thing to know who I am in Christ. It's another thing to know why I'm here. What is the reason? What did God have in mind when he decided to create you? This, this was a question that God gave me the opportunity to be able to answer at a very young age. Why did God create me? One of the things I've found out is that, and I want you to note that, it is dangerous, extremely dangerous to be alive and not know why you are alive. Life is not a drift. Life is not just all about, um, you know, doing things that we like, you know, maybe coming to church and all that stuff. That's, that, that's not where life ends. Another thing you need to note, so the first one that you need to note is, it is dangerous, extremely dangerous to be alive and not know why you are alive. If you're writing, I need you to write that down because we're going to get back to that. The second thing I need you to note is that in order to enjoy a meaningful life, a life of purpose, a life of significance, there's one thing that you need to recognize. Why am I here? What is the assignment that God has for me? Why did he create me? What did he have in mind? I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But what exactly did Jesus have in mind when he made me? Looking into the future, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, where do I want to see myself? Or what can I see in the future? These are questions that float through us from time to time. And sometimes, some people never find answers to it. And continually, they drift through life. So the question of recognition is answering the question of purpose. 
But first and foremost, we're going to recognize purpose before we get into, next week we will get into how to run with purpose. So this particular one is to recognize purpose. So what is purpose? My definition. Purpose is the key that unlocks the different doors or seasons that gives your life a meaning. I'll take that again. Purpose is the key that unlocks the different doors of life or seasons of life that gives life a meaning. Another definition. Purpose is the key that births hope and passion to act. So they're both keys. Purpose is the key that unlocks the different doors or the seasons of your life to give a meaning to your life. That's what purpose is. But it's also the key that births hope, passion to act. One of the doors that um, purpose will unlock for you, and that's the door that we're all very familiar with, is the door that we are very, um, we recognize easily. And that door is the door of vision. Purpose unlocks the door of vision. Without you recognizing purpose, life becomes just a string of activities. You are bounced from this to that. You try this, you try that. Without any form of meaning. You don't even know. Let's assume that you know who you are now in Christ Jesus. But you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing. What is the reason why you're here or not? Why are you a Christian? You know, these are questions that we tend to push to the back of our mind. And we just go on in life with different things probably that our parents have lined up for us. We follow our friends. We copy our friends. All because we really don't know why we are created or why we are doing what we're doing. And so life becomes just activities without meaning. Take for instance... Someone that drinks to a stupor, someone that is on drugs, someone that just lives life in a reckless manner. It's not so much that that person wants to continue in that reckless manner, but it's more of the fact that they lack purpose. They really don't know why they are where they are. They don't know why they're here on earth. 
But today, we're going to unravel that. Go quickly with me to the book of Philemon. Philemon 6. That's the anchor for recognition. Remember, I said, how to run with purpose, source of purpose, how to get purpose, what purpose is all about, that will be next week. But you need to recognize it first because it's been deposited in you. Because without recognizing what is in you, you can make use of it. And so Philemon 6, in the TPT translation, it says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That the sharing of your faith, you are a Christian. When you share your faith with others, this is what Philemon is trying to say. That the sharing of your faith with other people, it becomes potent, it becomes effective. When you have acknowledged the good thing that is in you. What are the good things that are in you? The good thing that is in you is that Christ in you is the hope of glory. The good thing in you is that you are a new creation. You are not like every normal human being once you give your life. You are not like every normal human being that is just walking on the surface of this earth without purpose, without an intention, without a reason of why you are here. But the Bible says here very clearly, it says acknowledge that very good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. When I checked my dictionary, I found out that acknowledging means to recognize, to appreciate, to understand, to concede. Appreciate. Acknowledgement is the same thing as recognition. Understanding, understand the very good thing that is in you. So first and foremost, there's something good in you. That's the first place to start. The first place to start is that there is something good in you. What is that something good? That something good for the purpose of this discussion is your purpose. But the Bible says, acknowledge it first, that I have something good in me. I have purpose in me that is very good. The Bible says, acknowledge it first. And I want us to do that. If you're here, you're born again Christian, you're online, acknowledge it. Say, Lord, I acknowledge the very good thing in me. Let me hear you loud and clear. I acknowledge the very good thing in me. Good. So that's the first place to start. So what are we acknowledging? For the, for the sake of this particular discussion, we're acknowledging the purpose of God in our lives. You need to recognize so interchangeably, I will call it purpose, I will call it assignment. If you understand this, your life will be free of manipulation, it will be free of you copying other people. It will be, most importantly, manipulation. 
the world is full of manipulators people that want you to do what they want you to do for their own sake there's quite a number of people out there that that is what their motive is to manipulate you in your workplace you're doing a good job but then your boss wants to manipulate you to his own convenience so when they say oh this work is so good or this um, project went really well it tries to take the credit for it and so there are a lot of things that people try to manipulate us for the second one is that once you understand your assignment or your purpose in life you will stop copying people you are you unique masterpiece god's workmanship a child of the living god created uniquely there's no other person that is like you and that's the truth what god has created you to do here on earth you are the only one that can do it another person can do something that looks like it like a variation but not exactly the way you will do it why if you look at just this your tom is different from every other woman being and that's why the government it's easier for them to trace you with a tom print than any other thing because this tom is totally different the lines that you have on your hands totally different there is a uniqueness about you because the God that created you created you unique you're special a royal priesthood the holy nation you are created to fulfill the purpose that God has created you for and so don't die a copycat don't you can look at what somebody else has done and improve on it but not copy it there's a better version in you than what that person has done so let me go on you need to recognize your purpose in the book of acts 2024 20, nlt paul was speaking and he said life is worth nothing to me unless i use it for the work unless i use it for doing the work assigned to me by the lord jesus christ so the latter part but my life is worth nothing to me this is paul and if you remember paul was he wrote half of the new testament if not all he said but my life is worth nothing unless i use it for finishing the work assigned to me the bible the bible is our example paul had a work assigned to him if you open in the book of luke i think luke 14 or 40 where jesus said the spirit of the lord is upon me and he was saying what his assignment was going to be and he explained to to them you know when the scroll was given to him yeah Luke 4 18 he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me why 
that spirit of God has anointed me. You could, you, you could use that word. You could say as assigned me. This is my purpose. To bring good news to the poor. This spirit of God has sent me to proclaim captive. So Jesus went on to explain what his purpose was. So you have a unique purpose as well. Paul's purpose was different from Jesus' purpose. Peter's purpose was different from James' purpose. Your purpose is unique to you. And so Paul said here, he said, no. My life is not worth anything unless I use it for doing the work. So there's a work that was assigned to Paul. In the TPT translation, which I love so much, it says... It is important for me, Acts 2024 20, in TPT translation. It is important for me to do what? To fulfill the latter part. It is important for me to fulfill my destiny and to finish the ministry my Lord has assigned to me. And, and so you can see how important purpose was to Paul. Purpose is the only thing, the recognition of your purpose is what will allow you to fulfill destiny. It's what will give you the strength to know how to do what you need to do. But there are three things I need you to note that will happen when you discover or when you recognize your purpose. Number one, when your purpose is awoken, and you need to know that, I'll talk more about that next week. Your purpose is awoken in you. When your purpose is awoken in you, Satan is also awakened against you. Once your purpose, you understand what your purpose is, all hell break loose because they want to stop you. Our example today will be Joseph and I will take you through so that you can mirror that into your own life. Once you understand what your purpose is, remember what I said, manipulation has come to an end. You don't need to copy anybody. But most importantly, note these three points. When your purpose is awakening you, you understand, oh, I think this is what I've been called to do. Like Rosa Park. How many people know who Rosa Park is? Yeah. So she was the woman that was on the bus during the time of um, slave trade. She, was, she had gone to the factory. She had worked so hard. She was tired. And so she was on the bus and she sat down. And a white a group of white people came in. Normally when white people come into the bus, you have to stand up. And so Rosa Park said, no, I'm not standing up this time around. I'm too tired. And that sparked um, a, a major, I'll call, I will call it a revival. But really, the life of Rosa Park, that is the reason that God created her. Because she was able to change something that was a systemic racism. She was able to change it completely because she worked in her purpose. 
And so sometimes your purpose might not be super clear to you. You stumble into it. And that's why you need Jesus. So that when you see your purpose, when you hear your purpose, you can recognize it. And so the first one, like I said, when your purpose is awoken, Satan is awoken against you. Number two, everything that you need to fulfill purpose is already in you. It's already in your life. It's only waiting for recognition. There is nothing that you need to make your life great, to fulfill purpose that is not deposited in you already. But it's waiting for recognition. Number three, the favor of God that you need to walk in your purpose only needs you. It's already around you, but you need to recognize it. Your purpose is not eating somewhere in the bye-bye. Now that you know who you are in Christ, you know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know that you are the apple of God's eye. You know that you are a child of God. And you know that Ephesians 1.3, that every spiritual blessing in every place, he has already given it to you. You know that. Every spiritual blessing, every blessing that you need in heavenly realms, he has already given it to you because you are united with Christ Jesus. That is your identity. Now you need to know, now that you know your identity, you need to know how to walk in your purpose. So let's keep going. Your assignment is lined up in different seasons. But the recognition of what season of your life you are in is what will lead you to greatness. So I'll take that again. Your assignment or your purpose is lined up in different seasons. So you're going you're to be doing some things and you just stumble into some things and you feel that, whoa. You're working in a place, says, for instance... And you see injustice. All of a sudden, something very deep comes out of you because you're feeling, no, this is injustice. And all of a sudden, you're ready to fight against that injustice. That is one season. For some of us, we have seen some of the things that we want to do. I'm not talking of the money-driven ambitions. I want to be the next, um, who's the richest man now? Bezo. Bezo, Bezo, what's his name? Bezo, Bezo. Jeff Bezo, right? Yeah, so it's a good ambition because for him to have gotten there, he must have had some, some deep dreams. I don't know his story that well, but he must have had something. For some of us, we can see into our future of what we want to do. You are in a particular field, say medicine, engineering, entertainment, whatever. And you can, you can see beyond today. You can see something that is pushing you, urging you to keep going. And you can see 10 years from now, this is where you want to be. That is purpose knocking at the door. 
for some of us, it's the um, beauty, entertainment, fashion. You can see something which any other person is not seeing. You're trying to describe it to them, but they're not hearing you. They're not seeing it. That is purpose calling you. And that's why being in Christ is very important. So that Satan does not steal that which God has given to you. Your future is bright. You have a wonderful future and a happy ending. No doubt about that in my mind. But you need the anchor of the Holy Spirit to make that future that you have seen or you have not even seen. Some people have not even seen it. We have some people that are, you know, they're late bloomer like myself. But one thing I saw when I was, I think I was about 22 thereabout. I knew I was going to be in the gospel, you know, doing something with the gospel, but I didn't know what. Obviously, I didn't. Not as a pastor or a pastor's wife. That was not part of the plan. I thought maybe, you know, I was going to be um, like a missionary, like a treasurer, you know, with a lot of money to, <laughs> to sponsor the gospel. But I, I, I didn't see pastor's wife. You see, and that's another thing. We see in parts. You don't see the whole thing. It's revealed to you in pictures and in parts. But your assignment, like I said, or your purpose, is lined up in different seasons. But you need to recognize what season that you are in so that you don't misstep. So let me keep going. How do you recognize the season that you're in it's very easy to recognize the season that you're in that's where you reading the bible listening to praying in the holy spirit which is praying in the in, in tongues comes into play but i'm sure you know that but let me help us to put like a system in place make it a little bit systematic of how you can know but before I go into that, I need you to know one thing. If you're bored, you're bored, you feel that, you know what, I'm just so, life is not very interesting, you know, I, I'm a little bit bored, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to go. The reason why you are bored is because you are in a season of your life that you have failed to embrace the purpose, not for the future, but the purpose for today. So you wake up this morning. Why do you think you are awake this morning? Okay, let's agree that you, let's assume that you don't even know. Do you have a plan for this particular day called today? You get bored when you don't have a plan for today. Boredom comes because you cannot see clearly what your life will look like today and tomorrow. And that's why you are bored. 
The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes 3, verse 3, it says, to everything, there is a season. To everything, to everything, there is a season. A time for every activity under heaven. There's a time to sleep. So for some of us that, you know, because of um, the pandemic, you tell your boss you are working, but you are sleeping. Uh-huh. So work starts at nine. You hustle into the meeting. The meeting starts at nine, or school starts at nine. You go into that class, and then for the next couple of hours, you just sleep, and then you, you put on your computer. Praise the name of Jesus. So you put on your computer to make sure that, you know, if they're checking at work, they can see you. But then they've written you an email for the last two hours. You've not been able to answer because you're sleeping. But the Bible says there's time for everything, every activity. You know, one of the things that God has helped me with is to be able to have, my life has always been to make, to, to have a system of how to make life work. I believe in that very strongly. There has to be a system to this madness called life. There has to be. It cannot just be going and coming and going. and You know, it cannot be. There must be something. And that was how I got into this search of what I'm teaching today. A time to build a time to break down. Every activity under heaven, there is a time for it. Ecclesiastes 3.3. 3. Let's just go into that and then we'll break things. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build. I want to stay on that a bit. A time to tear down is a time when the whole things, I believe now, um, we're born again, you're spirit-filled, you're a new creation. So all things have passed away, all things have become new. So there was a time to do what? There's a time to tear down the whole system of doing things. You are in this new time now of building. But between that time of tearing down the whole system of doing things, the way you behave, the way you do things normally, and the time to build is the time of recognition. If you miss, so you have your old life. Before you became a Christian, you know all the clubs, or you still do. We're praying for you. Praise the name of Jesus. So you know all the clubs. That is in your old but then you have this new one in which you know knowing christ understanding what the word of god says is the time of building but you need to tear down first before you can build the period between tearing down and building is the time of recognition i'm going to go through three people Two of them that did not recognize 
their time of building. And so they failed. And one person that did, and we're going to stay on that. The first person is Opa in the book of Ruth chapter 1 verse 7. Opa and Ruth had both lost their husband. They were daughter-in-laws to Naomi. And they set out to go out with Naomi. But one thing happened to them. Opa did not, Ruth recognized that what? I'm going with Naomi. This is a new beginning. But Opa did not recognize that this was a new beginning. She did not recognize that. And so she turned back because she felt that the excuse that Naomi had given her, even if I give birth to a child today, you cannot wait to get married to that person. She felt that excuse was valid. And sometimes when you don't recognize your time, you don't recognize your purpose or your assignment, you tend to lose track. And that was what happened to Opa. Opa did not understand that going with Naomi was the start of a new beginning. And so she turned back to the familiar. And so sometimes when God is about to start a new thing in your life, change is always a major thing, it's always very difficult. And because you have to change, so you're used to your old life, like I explained, but now you're a Christian, you need to change. But change can be very difficult. And because change is very difficult, we turn back. But you don't understand that in that change is a new beginning. And so sometimes when we say you need to change, or even in your workplace, there are turning things around, there's an opportunity for you there as a child of God. Opa did not understand that. Esau was another one. Genesis 25, 29. Esau sold his birthright because he did not recognize that there is power in that birthright. Genesis 25, 29 to 31. So the verse 31 of it, he said, Trade me your right as the firstborn. And he agreed. Because he didn't feel that that birthright was valuable. For some of us, we are Christians, but we don't feel that living a new life and living in holiness is valuable. And so we trade our birthrights to compromise. We compromise easily. But I'm not going to stay there. The person I want us to look at is Joseph. You're all familiar with the story of Joseph, so I'm going to go bang, bang, bang. Joseph recognized the purpose for which he was created. The purpose, the recognition of his purpose took him from the pit to the palace. Joseph recognized the different seasons, which Opa did not recognize. Opa did not recognize that this is a new season. Esau did not recognize that selling the birthright was going to get him into another season. And that season was going to take him backwards. But Joseph, he recognized the different seasons that he was in. And there are different seasons that is recognized um, concerning Joseph. Remember what I defined purpose as. Purpose is the key that unlocks the different seasons that give 
meaning to your life. And so let's go quickly to the different seasons that Joseph recognized. There are three seasons. Number one, Joseph recognized his dream season. That was the first season. This was the season where a vision of who he will become was shown to him for the very first time. Genesis 37. The whole of Genesis 37 depicts the different seasons. But I've only taken three crucial seasons. His purpose was the door of vision. Remember the definition I gave us concerning purpose? So he recognized that, oh, I'm in the dream season, which is where Joseph had a dream. Genesis 37 verse 7. Let's go to verse 7 quickly. So he told them his dream. That this is the dream I had. That, you know, you were binding shift and all that. Let's go back to 5. Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brother. What did they do? They hated him. Note that. So that sometimes when you have an idea... When you have a vision and you are telling it to people, you are telling people that, oh, this is what I think I can do. This is what God has laid on my heart. And people are laughing. Don't be discouraged. We'll go through it now. Don't be discouraged at all. Because they hated him when he told them their dreams. Anytime you tell your dreams to people that cannot see, they are not blind physically, but they are blind spiritually, they will hate you. Some of you have some dreams right now that you're telling your friends, you're telling your boss, you're telling your parents, and they're saying, you want to do music, especially if it's an African parent. Music. Where? How? For some other person, it's a case of, I don't know, give me something that your parents will frown at. Somebody help me. Give me a dream that you have that your parents will say, huh? Ah? I'm not going to use my money to do that. that I'm not going to pay. I will stop paying your school fees since that's what you want to do. Yeah, straight up. They'll tell you, I will stop paying your school because if you're not a lawyer, an accountant, a doctor, what else do we have? Architect, engineer. That's it. Especially for African parents. If you're not any of those ones, that's it. So now that you guys do geography and justice, Biology and science. Sorry, we don't understand it. They're of my generation. I, we don't understand biology and science. How does, sorry, business and science. How does business and science go together? But it does. It does. And so you have to be careful with your dreams. You don't cast your pearls before swines. And I'm not calling your parents swines, so please. Uh-huh. But it's not everybody that you tell your dreams to. You have to make sure that your dream is mature before you tell people. Because not everybody will understand. So Joseph understood that he was, he had a dream season. The next season he had was the season of integrity. Genesis 39 verse 7 to 10. I'm going to go into it in, in depth quickly. The third one is, was the season of the call. Genesis 41, 14. That was when the king called him. Let's go quickly into the recognition of your purpose in your dream season. The dream season is when you have like a vision. You have an idea. You have a dream of what you want to become. 
But you need to note that in that dream season, certain things will happen. And one of those things that will happen is your dream will create a storm. S-T-O-R-M. Your dream will create a storm. The moment you recognize your purpose or your dream, it will create a storm. Why? Because the enemy is intimidated by your purpose. Genesis 37 verse 3 to 4. Let's read that quickly. Genesis 37 verse 3 to 4. It says that Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made a tunic, verse 4, of many colors. And when his brothers saw this, that his father loved him more than others, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. You wonder sometimes when you share your dream with your friends, and all of a sudden, they want to steal the dream, they want to go do it by themselves, or they hate you completely. That who do you think that you are? That you're so proud all because you have shared your dream. Keep your dream to yourself. And sometimes it's even your pastor. Because I've mentioned parents, I've mentioned everybody. I've not mentioned pastor, right? So let me mention pastor. So sometimes you share your dream with your pastors, right? And your pastor says, what is that? But not in this house. You share your dream, I will dance. Because when you become rich, I can retire. It's as simple. As simple as that. Because I know who I am. What I can do, you cannot do. You understand what I'm saying? So as young adults, the moment you share your dream and you, you, you say this is your dream and it's in line with the word of God, I'm dancing. Because I can see that this thing is going to lead well. And if it's going to lead well, it gives me peace and it puts money in my pocket. When you recognize your purpose, like I said, it will create a storm. What do I mean by that? The enemy is intimidated by your purpose, the gift that God has given you. And that's why you need to recognize it. Don't sell yourself for cheap. No, you're so important. There are some people in your workplace, they are gifted. And you're looking at them, or even in school, they're 4.9999, right, out of five. You're looking at them in your workplace, they're super gifted. But you have an advantage. I don't care how gifted they are. I don't care what they know. If they are not a child of God, you have an advantage over them. And that's why you need to acknowledge the good thing that is in you. That's why you need to move close to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you need to know how to speak in tongues regularly. Before you step out for that interview, speak to your heavenly father who gives you an advantage. So when we tell you, oh, you need to pray and fast, you've heard it in this house severally. You're not fasting because you want, to, you want God to, to be fasting, answering you. You're fasting so that your carnal flesh can be put down and your spirit man can take ascent. And you can discern different things. So that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God that is in you can raise a standard. When the enemy comes in um, with intimidation, because he's intimidated by your dreams, by your purpose, like he was with Joseph, 
You need to know that you are a new creation. That trump card of new creation, you need to pull it out. That trump card of Christ in you, the hope of glory, that's the time to pull it out. That trump card of I am in union with the Lord Jesus Christ, so I cannot fail. It doesn't matter how difficult this project is. It doesn't matter how this particular course is. I cannot fail. And even if I made the mistake of failing, it's an event. I'm not a failure. So those are two different things. So even when you fail on a course, you are not a failure. One thing it has taught you is how not to do it. So the next time you're going to go back, you're going to do it even a much better, in a much better way because you are a unique being. You are a new creation. And so when the enemy comes in with intimidation, you know that you can bring your trump card out, your advantage. Your advantage is the fact that you are born again, spirit-filled, and you're a new creation. That's your advantage. So you need to know why the enemy will create, why your dream or your purpose will create a storm. The first one is the enemy is intimidated by your purpose. The second one, the enemy is angry by your purpose, by your future. The enemy is angry because he can see that that future is a wonderful future and that you have a happy ending. The enemy knows that your path is going to shine brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. And so he's angry. The enemy is uncomfortable. And remember, the enemy is not flesh and blood. He's not your friend. He's not your teacher. He's not your boss. He's not, no. Those are flesh and blood that Satan is using. So you don't, you don't, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You face the spirit behind them. Like this laptop now, there's something that makes it work. The interface I'm seeing is not what makes it work. So there's something in this laptop that makes it work. What makes it work, right, is the spirit. That's the, in this case now, like the demonic spirit. The interface is the human being that you see. So you don't fight with the, with the human being. You understand? You go and speak to the demonic spirit that is operating in that human being. Okay. So why will your purpose create a storm? Because it makes the enemy, the enemy is uncomfortable with your destiny. And that's why it's hostile. Is, it, it brings about hostility. It brings about rejection. Like we read in the story of Joseph. It brings about hatred, envy, jealousy. Because your purpose has created a major storm. And so the enemy hates you because of that. In your dream season, the second thing you need to note is that your purpose, the realization of your purpose, which comes by a vision, will create a focus. It will create a focus. And Satan doesn't want you to have a focus. It will create a focus. And Satan doesn't want a case where you're so determined because you can see the future. You can see how beautiful your life is going to turn out. And so once you recognize your purpose, it will create in you 
a focus. You are laser focused that this is one thing I want to do. That was what happened to Joseph. Joseph was laser focused on what he needed to do. The third thing he will do when you recognize your purpose in your dream season, it will create new dreams for you. Genesis 37 verse 9. Your understanding of your purpose will give you a vision for your first dream, like Joseph. But then, when you have a full grasp of what your purpose is, there is a birth of a new dream. So you have the initial dream, like Joseph did, but Joseph had a second dream again, which he now included his father and his mother, that they were going to bow down for him. The first one was that just my brothers were going to bow down for him. But the second one in Genesis 37 verse 9 was that his parents as well were going to bow down for him. So when you understand your dream season, it will create in you even new dreams. You will have new dreams. Even as Joseph have new dreams. I have a warning for you in your dream season. In your dream season, I am begging you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, don't fight anybody. People that don't understand where you are going, like Joseph, they didn't understand what he was saying. He said he had a dream that everybody was bowing down to him. They're looking at him, are you crazy? We are all going to bow down to you. Who do you think you are? Please don't fight anybody. It's not the time to fight. If you're going to fight anybody at all, you fight Satan. Okay? It's not the time to fight because Joseph did not fight any of them. He just told them the dream and he went off. Let's go to the next season. There are, like I said, there are many seasons, but for want of time, I need to just, I'm just talking to you about three important ones. The next season that you will get into when you recognize your purpose is the season of integrity. Proverbs 25, 26. TPT translation, the season of integrity. In the season of integrity, you are tested. You are so tested. You are tempted. You are tested. A lot of trials come in that season, just like Joseph. The Bible says a lover of God, somebody that loves God with all their heart, a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, gives a lover of God, when a lover of God gives in and compromises with wickedness, what can it be compared to? It can be compared to a stream with sewage inside. When you compromise in your season of integrity, because you will get to that season, in which in your workplace they tell you that, you know what, nobody will know about it. Let us just do it this way. Okay? You're about to get married, for instance. Okay, your, your, everything is done, the family has met and everything, and you have kept yourself to the very last, but just a couple of weeks before, you get into fornication. That's the season of integrity, where such things should not happen. But even when it happens, please, I'm begging you, don't stay there condemned. The Bible says in Romans 8, because anytime you talk about sexual thing in church, oh, they don't understand, as if we've not gone through it. <laughs> but don't stay condemned, I'm begging you. Okay, if you are falling, you fornicated or you are still fornicating, you are still standing up for fornication bed, please, I'm begging you. 
Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now. It's not a license to sin. It's a license for you to know that, okay, I have fallen. I need to get up. And I need to go to my father and say, God, I am very sorry. This will not happen again. I need strategies on how this will not happen again. Does that make sense? Okay. So in the season of integrity for Joseph, that was one of the things that happened to him. The Bible says here that the lover of God, when he gives in to compromise, I knew this scripture when I was what? My first year in university. When I used to go drinking and going from one, I, 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 when I just got born again, that was the first scripture I got to know. That if I keep on compromising, these two scriptures, that's why I know it often. I'm not too good with knowing scriptures often. But these two, they were the things that worked for me. That as a lover of God, if I give in to compromise with wickedness, it can be compared to contaminating a stream that is flowing very well with sewage. In raw African terms, contaminating it with what? Poo. That's what it means. So he said, you know, if that is the case, you are not a lover of God. And if you, remember the, if you remember the story of Joseph, we don't have enough time. That story, one of the things that came to Joseph is when the woman said, come and lie with me. Genesis 39, I believe, verse 20. When she said, you know, come and lie with me. He said, no. Why? Why did she say no? So, no, I'm looking for where... Potiphar's wife asked Joseph to lie with him, with her. Joseph had every reason to compromise. But he said, no, I will not do, why would I not do this? I would not do it because of God. Not because of any other thing, but because of God. So he said, Genesis 39 verse 7, thank you. So he said, it came to pass that the master's wife cast a longing eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. Verse 8. But he refused. He refused to, com to compromise. He probably knew this scripture. And said to his master, look, my master does not know what is with me in this house. He has committed everything into my hands. Verse 9. There is no one greater in this house than me. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? He refused. He said, this is my season of integrity. I'm about to, it's just, you know, if you lie to your boss, nobody's going to know. But no, I'm going somewhere. I'm looking to become the CEO of Royal Bank. I don't want to do something. That later on they will find out and they will say, Wow, this person, you know, if you come from where my husband comes from, you hear of so many people that they forge certificates. I was reading recently of the former finance minister, a woman at something at Yoshun or something, and they said she forged a NYSC certificate. So if you don't know NYSE, don't bother about it. But something called NYSE, they do it in Nigeria. And they said, oh, 
she forged that but you see if you know that you're going to somewhere great your integrity has to be intact and that was what Joseph was saying he said I'm not doing this just for myself you're a very beautiful woman I feel like lying with you but I cannot commit this great wickedness and sin not even against Potiphar but against my God I respect God too much to lie with you what are the things that are calling you constantly to lie with them drugs clubs and some people will say pastor what's wrong with clubs please continue continue please please or some other person say pastor it does not say in the Bible that you should not drink Uh, please continue Proverbs 31 verse 1 oh King Lemo how many people know they're kings and they're priests you're a king you're a priest even if you're a woman you're a king keep going verse 2 keep going it says do not give wait 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 wait. verse 3 do not give your strength to women that means don't be don't easily fall when a woman just entice you before they say jack robinson mm, off you go no your ways to that which destroys king he said don't give your strength don't give your strength to women to frivolous women to prostitutes don't you're too big for that the god that lives in you is too big for that and he goes on he says it is not for kings it's for every other person people that don't carry destiny people that are not unique people that don't know where they are going it is for them it is not for kings to drink wine no princes intoxicating drink this is the mother that was advised you are a king you are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. Fornication is not good for you. Drinking is not good for you. Drugs is not good for you. But even if you have done all this, Romans 8.1, it's not a license to sin. But the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. We have a high priest, Jesus. Once we acknowledge our sins, is able to forgive us so it's not to condemn us we've all been there but don't keep rubbing in that that's what we're saying praise the name of jesus and that was what joseph was all about in your season of integrity the reason why you will not do all this nonsense is your season of integrity genesis 39 20 to 23 is your season of connection Joseph got in there and he saw the baker and the butler. If he had compromised, so let's think of it. I might not be able to finish, but let me, let me drill this through. If Joseph had compromised with sleeping with the master's wife, he would not have been put into prison. He would still have been in the household, still going about his job and everything. Nobody will know but he had lost he would have lost the connection that would take him to the palace if he had compromised 
if he had compromised, he would not have gone to, to the prison. But because he refused to compromise, he went to the prison. And people would think, ah, look at this one. You're just so stupid. Something that you would have done and nobody will know. But you have forgotten that your connection to the palace has been broken once you do that. You're going places. You're not an ordinary human being. In this earth, I don't want to say just Canada, wherever it is that you go, the glory of God will be seen in you. Because the Bible says you are the head and not the tail. And so wherever you go, you are going to be at the top of the top of the top. There's something called Sunshine List. How many people know Sunshine List in Canada? You will exceed Sunshine List. It's people that have not earned enough that are on Sunshine List. 140,000, 150,000, 180,000. Some people are earning 350, 500,000, 550 with bonuses. That's where you're going. I see you there. And so because of where you're going, you're not going to compromise. Your, your integrity has to be intact. Your season of integrity, Genesis 40 verse 1, it will lead to an unusual opportunity. Pharaoh will have a dream somewhere, and you are the only one that can interpret it. There will be a problem in your workplace. You are the only one that can solve it. There's a software problem, problem. there's a financial problem at school. You are the only one that will submit the kind of paper that your lecturer will say, wow. It looks like this girl understands it even more than I do. Because an unusual opportunity will be open unto you when you refuse to compromise. In your season of integrity, remember one thing though, you might be forgotten. They might not remember you. Joseph was not remembered. For two years, he was forgotten totally. Nobody remembered him. And then he, called, he got into a point where he was saying, oh, when they were releasing um, one of the, the prisoners, he said, you know, remember me. But they did not remember him. But he did not understand. And that's one thing you need to understand. There is your season of the call. The season of the call. In your season of the call, be very careful. That is when the king called Joseph. The king called Joseph in Genesis 41. You can go home and just read this and just, you know, fix yourself into the different seasons. And you will see other seasons because there are other seasons in there. Genesis 41 verse 14 was the season of the call. The recognition of your purpose in your season of your call will open opportunities of a lifetime. Remember that. It will open opportunities of a lifetime. But you need to remember something. Three things I need you to remember quickly and I'll close here. The first thing is that that same season, just before the season of the call, in which the king will call you, you get a new employment. You get opportunities to showcase what you can do. You get an opportunity to represent your university or something. Whatever that season of the call is for you. Three things you need to note in that season. Number one, just before that season, you feel isolated and lonely. 
you feel very isolated and very lonely. Just before the man shows up to say, you're going to be my wife. I love you so much. I like you. I just want to spend my life to you. Loneliness will almost drown you. It's like loneliness is walking side by side with you before that season. Just before the season of the call. Because the season of the call is whatever it is that you are believing God for. A call comes from God Almighty that this is the time. But just before that season, you need to be very careful. You might feel isolated and lonely. But use that time to do what? To prepare. Use that time to prepare. Don't be bored in that time. You're looking to God to get into a new job. Use that time to prepare for that job. Learn about the job. The second thing you need to note in that season of the call, just before, is the season you will have a time of boredom. You are bored with everything around you. That was what happened to Joseph. Joseph was in the prison, but he was bored. He was not doing anything. But learn to maximize the opportunity in that season. The next one, and the third and the final one. You need to note that in that season of your call, previous problems that you have solved for people will be your ticket to the palace. And that's why it's good to do good. Purpose is not in isolation. You have to connect with people. You have to solve problems because you are, a, you are a problem solver. The purpose that God has put in you is to solve problems. There's so many problems in this world. One of those problems is for you to solve. Huba has solved the problem of what for us? Who can tell me? What did Uba solve for us? Someone help me. Pardon? If you know it, do like this. And tell me. Uba has solved a major problem for us. If I want to go from point A to point B, whether I have my, a car or I don't have a car, I just need to dial a Uber. It's there. Uber has solved a major problem. McDonald's has solved the problem of fast food. You need something quick to bite, you go into McDonald's or Burger King. So you are born as well to solve a problem. That was what Joseph did. He solved the problem of the baker and the butler. And even though they forgot him, but when he got to the season of the call, then man might forget. But the law of the universe and God Almighty, he cannot forget. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. And so when it was time for the season of the call, Joseph, the previous problem that he had solved was, and that's the, 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 the what's it called now? That is premise that resume flows from. If you've solved a problem before, then you should be able to solve it now. But I'm saying to you that with God, if you have solved problems for people, in different areas. That problem, note it. You are not just solving problems or you are not just being good to people. It's your ticket to wherever your palace is. Praise the name of Jesus. So I'm going to stop here. The season of your call. 
the season of your call is not a time to waste because sometimes the season of your call is immediate you don't have enough time to prepare joseph one of the things that joseph did he did not even know that he was going to become anything the only thing that he knew is what the king colette d that's all he knew that the king was calling him what did he do he shaved because joseph was different from esau he was different from upper he knew that that was a new beginning he doesn't know what format that new beginning was going to be but he decided to shave not only did he shave he changed his clothing because he knew that this is a different season i don't know how it's going to pan out but i know that this prison outfit that i'm putting on i'm not going to put it on again and so he changed his clothes at the time that you are at the season that the that god almighty is calling you to a new level to a new beginning it's not the time to just waste time prepare prepare be ready for change it might not be what you are used to be ready to change change for joseph was he did his beard and he changed his clothing it might be that that would be the time that you would need to wake up a little bit early be ready for change if there's a wa- a watchword that you want to hold on in this remaining part of the year is change in order to get to where you want to get to in order to have a new beginning in order to get to where god has earmarked you to be you need to be ready to change next week we're going to go into how to go about that and i know that god will do amazing things in your life thank you